everyone to Green and Gold Rugby episode 220. That's 220. I'm Rugby Reg. And uh, let's put that whole Wallaby season behind us, shall we? As we look forward to the Super Rugby season ahead of us, we're not going to put it completely behind us. There are a few questions that hang over as we look to our five burning questions coming up. But it's a big weekend for Australian rugby. It's a big weekend for Australia. And joining me tonight is Matt and Hugh. Hello to you both. I am going to ask you a question off the bat. We are having a federal election this weekend in Australia. Um, Matt, if you are running for Prime Minister, I want to know your your rugby policy that's going to win the rugby vote for you. Uh, I would criminalise AFL. <laughs> Strong. <Jesus>. <laughs> you think it's too weak or...? Um, look, it's a crime, mate. It is. It's a crime against humanity. It's a crime against humanity in Australia that so much talent should go into a sport that is quite literally makes no impact on the world. And so I think, you know, from an international perspective, we've had the Brexit. It's uh, upset, you know, it's upset the whole world. And this would really kind of plaster over that, I think. Nice, like it. What about you, Hugh? What's your policy to, to win the rugby vote? Well, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a pretty topical one. It's a big issue, and I, I'd like to um, end live export, but um, end live export of rugby players. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you, you can... Um, it's yeah, in, look, inhumane, isn't it? They, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, th- I think getting guys like Sakopi Kepu and that in those, in those cramped confines of an aeroplane, it's not... I don't believe in it, and I think it should be banned. Hey, guys, I need to go through. We threw this out on Twitter. I need to go through some of the responses we've got from some of our uh, fantastic followers. So Andrew Reid at Andrew in Cairo reckons bring back the death penalty for boring in at scrum time. Fair enough. <laughs> Pretty harsh, <laughs> considering a lot of these referees just guessing these penalties. But, uh, that's quite extreme. Well, yeah, Dan, Dan Cole would be dead, buried a few years ago. <laughs> Maybe that's the motivation behind it. Yeah. Uh, I like this one. Our old mate Juan Coat, uh, um, or Scott Bryant, as he goes by now, is uh, just an invade New Zealand just before this year's Bledisloe Cup. So maybe the, the reverse uh, Brexit. Like it. Gets my vote. Um, <laughs> that's that's to a winning the Bledisloe Val loophole. Hey, <laughs> if, <laughs> if it just becomes an in- domestic game. Literally, if you can't beat him, join him. A couple of similar along your lines, uh, Matt, but uh, Drew Print and uh, one other wanted to focus on rugby league, so banning rugby league. Justin Walsh, it was just Walsh, reckons that they should limit um, rugby league and Aussie rules only to amateurism, so let rugby take this. I like just Walsh's other one too. There's there's always a, what, there's a limit on the amount of duty-free you can bring into a country. There's a limit to the amount of you know carry-on baggage you can bring into a country. Why aren't we limiting tourists to a uh, to a sort of weight limit as well? Stop these big Murray or Tolgies and these Billy Vunapolas from coming into our country. We'll limit to about what 185 centimeters, 90 kilograms. Um, that should even things up a little bit for us. <laughs> that's good. I like that one. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, that's good. That's election mode. We've all got that out of the frame now. I reckon uh, we've brought plenty of votes our way. But we've got to get to our five burning questions. And let us, let us run through it. We've got a few new things tonight after our burning questions. And obviously, the Super Rugby season has started again. So just running through them quickly so you can play along as we go. So first question is going to be, is bringing back the overseas players for the Rugby Championship the right call for the Wallabies? What should Michael Chica be doing for the next month before the, the first rugby championship game? That's question number two. Question number three, the force are leaking players. Should we be seriously worried now as rugby fans in Australia? 
Question number four is going to be, will the test season break or has that test season break impacted on Aussie teams' performance? Will we see some sort of slide or even improvement in teams' performance from that test break? And finally, uh, which player has a point to prove in the remaining Super Rugby round? So we're going to get through that. We're going to go first to that first big first one. And this goes in the back of your your policy stance there, Hugh, perhaps, is uh, bringing in overseas players back for the Rugby Championship. Is it the right call? Is it something we should be doing, Hugh? Yeah, look, I, I think it is. The, um, I, I just think that the, the names that we're bringing back, they're all really experienced guys. And... and Judging by the England series, we're going to need them too. Um, that's and if they can give us a better chance of success, then I think it's a no-brainer. And and we only expect to be, you know, Matt Gitto, Adam Ashley Cooper, Drew Mitchell, and Will Genie. It's probably not going to be any more than that. It's not going to be a huge influx um, of guys. So look, I think for the big games, um, it's going to be it's going to be a um, a help to us. And the word was close to the camp in in, in Wallaby camp that. They were really hurting after that World Cup final, you know. I think um, where we were kind of content with a, with a fighting loss, I don't think they were at all. And the fires are still burning to come back and have another crack at the All Blacks. And if they're doing it voluntarily, if, if we don't have to pay them or talk them into, you know, coming and 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 doing it, then then yeah, let, let, let's get them out here. And and I don't think they'll walk into the team necessarily. I think. Um, Gitto and Ashley Cooper probably stand the best chance, and maybe we'll get here too. But um, I think to give more competition for selection and hopefully raise the game of, of the players that, that are here, I, I can't see too many negatives, Reg. Um, I can. I can see plenty. I hate the idea. I, I, I hated it pre-World Cup, um, and I still hate it. I, I, I hated it in this the England series, even though it was guys like Kevy Hall, who um, his biggest fan, um, and I hate it, the talk of it now. I just think it is so wrong for Australian guys. These guys have made the decision to leave Australian rugby, and they should live with that. And I'm sure they quite happily can in the south of France over there, but but a lot of them. Enjoy your time over there, lads. That's your call. You've made that decision. But let's focus on the guys who've committed to the game of, of rugby in Australia now. Let's, let's support. Let's stay loyal to those guys. I, I just think, you know, it, it can't be good for the squad. Uh, you know, Kepu coming over... Um, uh, the week before that test, and albeit he wasn't selected in that first squad, but what benefit that does that give us? We've got no way of knowing truly how his game's going, truly what their form is like. The James Horwell thing just blows my mind. We paid for this guy, and Australian rugby's on its knees at the moment, but we paid for this guy to come over from the UK, put him up for three, four weeks, five weeks in Australia, um, toured him around the country, and we got, what, an hour of rugby out of him. I just think it's ludicrous. We got, you know, let's let's stick to the guys we're trying to invest in the game. I, you, you're right. Some of these guys might make the team. Ashley Cooper potentially, Gitto, but it doesn't make it any more right from my perspective. Let's stick with the guys that are here. Even Matty Tamur, who's here for the rest of the season, he's going overseas. Say goodbye next year. He's here now. Let's stick with him. I don't mind throwing young guys to the to the to the you know to the fight as long as they're the ones that are going to be in, uh, you know, they're going to be playing rugby in Australia for the next few years. I, I, I'm just so against this rule. So, Rich, are, are you happy to sacrifice then results for that principle? So, for example, we, and I mean, we might have barely made it out of the pool, basically, in the World Cup, and would you be okay with that? Mate, I, I don't... I think all this talk of what Gitto and Mitchell um, brought to that World Cup is inflated. You know, I think I think Mitchell was pretty average, to be honest. Um, and all Kido gave us was a left boot. 
And I, I don't think that was a difference. I mean, a bit of solid, solid, solidarity in the centre there. But, mate, to be honest, I would much prefer us to stick with the Australian-based players. I, I genuinely think it would be better for the game in the long run from, from the message it sends to people going overseas, but also for just squad makeup. You know, spend the time with the guys that are here. You've got to have more access to them more control over there and this is part of that probably the uh you you know centralized program more control of what they're doing during the season how they're getting skilled up how they're they're getting coached it it just makes sense to me i I just don't support it well how can you look at last year's results reg and go and think it's it's it could be a negative i think last year it made a real difference and i remember the interview matt i think you did with nathan gray on this podcast and he's and he said in that wales game specifically in the world cup the two, you know, the, the one of the guys that was really marshalling the troops th- and through the World Cup was, was Gitto. So, I mean, clearly that last year when they came back, it was it, it had a positive effect. And look, I, I understand what you're saying, and and I think the principle's laudable. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm a bit in. I'm not sure what Matt Matt hasn't um, really um, nailed his colours to the mask in this one. But I, I much prefer to. I, I I put results. You know, whatever gets us the result, I'm I'm happy to do and. And um, and I think in that case, that's I, th- I think we just have a better chance of being the All Blacks with these guys on board than than not. Though I do see your point. So my so the throw my hat in the ring here is probably and it wasn't designed to be, but it's probably somewhere in between. So I really think it should only be sort of as a last resort. So for example, with that second playmaker, if either Tamua or Leilifano is injured and is not injured and and, and you know is available and is in the squad i don't see why you select um a matt gitto but for example leading up to that first test you would have i mean we ended up i think making some really sub um standard selections and we we got we paid the price for it leading into that test um and i do think a a gitto would have made sense I'm, i'm not still not completely sure why um you know he he wasn't called up if we've got this rule why he couldn't have come over? Was he was he supposed to be injured in that? Couple I think of- he was. I think he, I think he only just made it back for that recent final, um, yeah. or the, maybe even the semi final. But I think he he had, did have some sort of niggle. Okay, so then it's theoretical. But in my the- yeah. in, in my theoretical situation would be at that point you would, um, but otherwise you, you know those other people who are there you know like you say Reg you invest in them. Um, but there's plenty of situ- you know there's plenty of situations where you would have injected those guys. I mean, I know Drew Mitchell's just had a massive groin operation, so I'm not sure, and I'm not even sure he's he's back and playing at the moment. I remember he signed off for like three months, I thought, um, when he went to have that operation. So I, I'm not sure he can come back against AAT. Can um, anyway? Yeah. Anyway, that would be my. Yeah. Guess. Yeah, and I guess it's it's one of those things that I love about Test rugby, and sure we love to win. win you know, and that's always sort of should be the priority. But I love watching, you know, guys thrown in there and seeing how they cope. That was one of the highlights of this series, watching those young guys, you know, Arnold and, and, and Coleman and Karevi and Harlett Petty and, and Frisbee and seeing these guys just get their shot, you know, and that that's what it'd be. And even that first test, if we'd lost Karevi too and we had to call up Kyle Godwin, it, you know, it blows our chances with all due respect to Kyle, but geez, you know, it makes for fascinating viewing. So mm. that's it. That's, you know, it's, it's, that's my thing. Let's, let's support the guys who are supporting us. Yeah. Well, the flip side is like you say, I mean, you know, we managed to see some Rory, Rory Arnold and, you know, if you make it, if you do a make do with, um, you know, Kev Horwell uh, or like a Dean mum, 
you, you kind of know what you're going to get, but it's definitely not for oh. the future. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did I say those two words? Did it? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, whereas, you know, with Rory Arnold now, you, you've got somebody thinking, yeah, that's definitely someone we can work on, right? So yeah, I should yep. be saying from that perspective. All right, all right. Well, we've got to see what happens when uh, Michael Chico selects his uh, squad. He's, co- he's talked about bringing some of those guys back, and uh, we, he, we know he's a big fan of them, and, and what Chico wants, Chico gets. So uh, I'm just going to have to suck it and see, I guess. But let's let's get on to the burning question number two, and this is about uh, the great man, Michael Chico himself. And What's he going to be doing for the next month? What should he be doing to get us ready for the rugby championship? Gags. It's an interesting time for him. He's, you know, last year he was hands on the whole time, albeit with the Waratahs. What should he be spending his time doing now? What do we need him doing? Uh, he should be praying his ass off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is about. Uh, look, I think it's a really tough one, isn't it? Um, clearly, I think our lesson from in backline was we really need to get back to that that structure that served us well in the World Cup. Although until we got to the All Blacks, and it didn't seem to um, necessarily get us that much further. Um, I think the only other area of play that I can think of, and I've got concerns over, and I think a lot of people would, is around our back row now. So it, it kind of went from one of our weapons, and the weapon that really destroyed the All Blacks when we played them at Sydney last year, uh, and now it's kind of disappeared, you know. And to be honest, we lost the breakdown to the English, which is just a horrible thing to have to say. Um, and I understand that we've got different tactics there, that it's not all about having a fetcher. But, you know, that sort of ability to turn sort of defence into attack with those turnovers that, you know, Poe used to pull out so often um, is something that I think we're really going to miss. And that's what threw the spoke in the all-black wheel last year. And if we don't have that, then I really worry. So, And at the moment, we seem to be playing with, um, you know, two open, you know, sort of two open sides again. And I'm not really sure, well, and neither of them is a fetcher, and I'm not really sure how that's going to play out. So I think we need to get some very clever tactics around how we're going to slow their ball, because if they get fast ball uh, and they get on a roll, then we're going to end up like Wales and, and, and a speed bump, I think. Can anyone remember how long Poe's out for? Like, will we get him back for the rugby championship? Yeah, I think he was only out for six weeks. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Okay. And that was three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, then well, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll dial down the panic. Right. Well, that's all right. Chica should be down there giving him daily massages or something. <laughs> rubbing up, I was going to say rubbing up the cock, but we will just might move on and ask you. <laughs> this is a Hugh, family program. What, what should Chica be doing, mate? I, I don't think there's much he can do, to be honest. The only thing I was, I, I've thought of is just, just do, do heel sprints with Sakopi Kepu. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sakopi's not doing much for the next couple of months. And, um, and he looked a little bit behind the pace, the pace uh, in the two games, very unfit. So if we can get him in some sort of shape, then that I think is good. But other than that, look, you know, sit back and watch uh, our teams crash and burn in Super Rugby would be something. But uh, you know, I don't think I don't think there's a huge. I mean, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic as as we've discussed that that we're not too far away, and I don't think we need a, a, a radical reshake of things too much. Uh, and so, look, with all the players on Super Duty, let's let's let them be and, and maybe just watch closely the form of a few guys, and we'll get to it a little bit later. But um, there's there's plenty of competition for spots, and um, be up up close and seeing a few of those, you know, locks and hookers, dare I say, and and wingers and that sort of thing. It'd be just get out and about and um, see how they're going. Hey, Kepu's an interesting one. So he's 
Is he going to turn out for the Waratahs this last few games, or is he only starting no. next year? Starting yeah, next right. year. Yeah, right. So he's got a bit of time off his sleeve to do a few heel sprints. That's that's exactly right. It's all he should be doing. Hey, could you? I mean, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, just just do a tour. I mean, could you one day Bondi the next? Go up right up and down the coast. Tell you what, he could do is he go go up and join this Aussie Sevens team in their camp up and down at the moment. Geez, they're working hard. Having watched all what Ben Ryan put the Fiji team through, and now what Andy Friend is putting the Aussie team through. Oh God, you wouldn't want to be a Sevens player. Yeah, it's a lot of pain. Isn't it? <laughs> it's. And that's all they do. I mean, I went to their training compound at um, uh, up on the, nor- the north shore of Sydney and um, the northern beaches, and and man, like it's that just that gym just it's the it's the most worn gym in Australia. They are in there every day on the bikes and doing the doing the work. Jeez, it's it's it is brutal. It's amazing. Um, well, I, yeah, uh, mine is along those lines. I guess it touches on you. I mean. Chiga's quotes after the series was he didn't think we were fit enough for his game plan. So I guess there's two ways to go there. Is one he finds the best damn strength and conditioning guy he can he can find that's going to weave absolute magic in the space of a couple of weeks, because that's about the only time he's going to have the Wallabies as a collective. Or two, he's got to change his game plan, doesn't he? I mean, if we're not good enough to f- play his game plan, don't we look at a different game plan? But it's, and that's the thing, Reg, is that I. You know, I think he's just stated it's it's the way it's going to be. We just got to play it faster, and, and you know, and do more of it. Um, which I just think, you know, Steve Hansen, um, the odious man that he is, um, is just going to be, you know, sat there going, mm, "What was that old game plan that I used in uh, the World Cup final, yeah. and the one yeah. that the Highlanders keep using against the Waratahs? I think I'll dust that one off, and I, it's just going to be rinse and repeat." Um, yeah, I yes and no, though. I mean, a big part of that game plan was give it to Ma Nonu um, and, and you know, rely on Richie at the breakdown to, to get in our way. And they, and they don't have those guys anymore. So, you know, it, 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 it's one thing to have the plan. It's another thing to implement it. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll have somebody, you know, they'll be kicking plenty of ball right down our throat, down into our 22 and be saying, let's see you work your way back from there. I think there'll be plenty of that. And then, into, and then you know, when we don't, it'll be back into the corner and then it'll be, let's see how your line out goes or let's see how your scrum goes and tick some points. I mean, it's, it's what England did to us. Um, that was kind of why I was going to be fascinated to see, I would have been fascinated to see England play New Zealand at the moment because whereas England's containment, game plan on us would work it definitely wouldn't work on New Zealand I think actually they no I think they would have been exploded but yeah I don't know it's going to be fast I don't I think those our coaches must be sitting there scratching their heads a bit at the moment but I don't know I think all they've got is full steam ahead yeah my only my only takeaway or my only you know, I'm still, I've still got hope for the from the letter sign. We'll talk about that. I'm sure in the coming weeks. My only statement is what I'm picking that on at the moment is that Chico was out coached versus England. I don't think he'll be out coached versus the All Blacks. You know, it then becomes a matter of what the team does on the park. So, um, I've still got some hope we can do that. So we'll see how we go. All right, let's focus on Super Rugby guys. It all kicks off again this weekend. Um, and without looking say, at the games, I'm, say, I'm getting. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. I don't know if it's because, rugby. yeah. I don't know if it's just. I mean, usually after like an international period like that, it's like, oh, how's this going to measure up? But I'm excited about. Surely one of us can win <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember looking at your. You know, when we had that uh, guy Hugh a few, you know, a month or a couple of months ago about the Waratahs' tough run home, and I sort of 
opened up the draw again today, assuming the Brumbies would, would be the one with the easy run. But you guys got a, the Waratahs actually got a pretty decent run home. Yeah, I mean, I think basically the Canes in there. Is it Canes and Blues? and? Yeah, Sunwolves, Canes, Blues, I think, are the three. So, um, yeah, it could, could go anywhere. We're, I think the thing about it is we, and not to not to preempt the question, yeah, but yeah. Um, broadly speaking, we don't really know. We don't really know what's going to happen with, yeah. with this and how... how um, how the teams are going to come back. So um, that's question four, I think. So we'll, Yeah, all right. Well, let's, we'll, let's come back to that. Let's look at the force. I want to talk about the force here because one of the things that's happened over this break is that obviously Michael Foley's gone and, and that process has started, but they're leaking players. So far, they've lost Steve Murphy, Ollie Hoskins, Junior Rasalia, Rory Walton, um, Albie Mathieson. Um, uh, Chris Alcox just signed for the Brumbies. There's rumours that that Kyle Goodwin's seriously considering an offer there. I think they're still unsure about what Nathan Charles might be doing, and there's a there's a whole bunch more that are that are off contract yet that I guess can only be a, a you know hanging around to see who the new coach would be. Surely this is this is panic stations for the ARU and, and I guess rugby fans uh, in general, Hugh. Yeah, look, it's, it was panic stations you know earlier this year, as panic stations last year. I mean, we're, we're I think we're almost past that with the force. Um, you know, they haven't made a major marquee signing for what seems like, oh, you know, five to ten years, you know. It's, it's, they haven't had an established Wallaby go over there. They haven't had any real established Super Rugby stars go over there. So, yeah, look, we're, we're, we're well past that. And the issues have been well discussed here. The ability to attract players, the, you know, the coaching situation's deteriorated with Michael Foley now out the door. Um, I think the thing is they've got to appoint a coach, and if if they can appoint a good quality coach, then then things might start to happen. But um, until they can do that, then um, I think that 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 uncertainty is going to continue. And and players, you know, you don't get players signing up when it's uncertain. You get them going one way only, and that's out the door. And that's what's happening happening at the force, sadly. So Matt, you know, assume there'll be a coach announced pretty soon, and the ARU play a pretty, pretty significant role in that. And I think we've got an article coming up pretty soon about some of the candidates or at least some of the um, uh, the categories of candidates we should be looking at. I'm going to put something to you. Should the ARU, now that they're signing guys back from overseas, the likes of Leroy Houston and Sakopi Kepu and Tekeli Nea should the ARU be chipping in a little bit more? And I know they're short of cash, but chipping in a little bit more on time, guys, we'll chip you an extra 20, 25 grand but you're playing for the force. Yeah, at a zero, mate. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the problem, is that uh, you're going to have to stump up a lot of cash to get some anyone big names to get across there. Um, it, because, I mean, we've, we've discussed this, like we said, you've got just the natural thing of, you're, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're off the map. Um, and then you've got the problem now, which is not only, okay, maybe you've got a new coach. Um, it was interesting on Rugby 360, I think they were talking about maybe Henneke Meyer uh, being yeah. like one of the ones that could be in the frame and that he's basically going to turn it into a South African nursery by the sounds of things. Um, but you've also then got, the, I think, the, probably the biggest thing, which is probably why you're seeing more players go than anything else, is that you've got just that worry, is there even going to be a franchise there? And that, mm. and that, you know, at the come end of the season or something like that, the AOU doesn't even bother finding a coach and they just say, guys, it's all over, plug pulled. We don't have any big names or, you know, big money on contracts. Everything's ripped up, clubs dissolved, start again. You know, it's bankrupt or whatever they want to call it. And I, 
I would think that that together with those other two worries is just why it's going to be very difficult at the moment to get anyone over there. Um, yeah. yeah, the fact that they actually haven't announced any signings, not even a, you know, a, a lower level player, that makes that, God, potentially a reality. And the fact that they, they've got, what, half a dozen, eight or so players there leaving, and sure, they're not superstars, but they're core squad members, that's a that's an effort to replace those, particularly given the, the state of Australian rugby at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have pretty much an NRC team there. Um, yeah. You know, by by the end of the season, by the looks of things. I mean, again, I don't know if either of you guys saw three, Rugby 360, but, you know, Rod Kafer was asked the question, if you could be a coach, the incoming coach of either the Reds or the Force, which one would you pick up? And he tried to try, he tried to actually make it sound like he maybe would take the Force. I mean, that's just, uh, that's a hard yards for anyone, I think. I really feel sorry for the guys out there um, who, are, who are with the team and, you know, still putting in the hard work, still trying to make the thing work. Um, it's it's got to be a pretty thankless task at the moment. Yeah, well, let's hope there's some positive news soon, but the, the big one lies on that co- coach announcement pretty damn quick. Mm. Um, all right, question four, guys. This test season break, is it going to impact on the Aussie team's performance? You, you're starting to answer this before. What do you think? How's yeah. it going to impact? It's hard to know, isn't it, Reg? I mean, you got to think that it does favour inherently teams like the Force and... Um, the Rebels, where they don't have a huge amount of guys in camp. But, um, you know, I, I think, um, I don't know, I think the Waratahs are a bit fortunate that they ease into it a little bit with the Sunwolves, and um, and yeah. that that should hopefully be as a, a, a straightforward a game as you can hope for in Super Rugby. Um, but the, the, Brumby, uh, the Brumbies, Reds, and the Reds, Still probably, a, a, and Reg, you can talk to this, but they're blooding some exciting youngsters, but that team does look a little bit underdone in terms of the level of debutants. But um, the Brumbies lost David Pocock and they've lost Spate and, and some of these big names are, are now out. So it's a bit more of a level playing field, you've got to think. And, um, and yeah, look, uh, I expect they've still got so much to play for every team and... and with Wallaby spots on the line as well, I, I don't expect to be it to be too different. To be honest, I think um, I think we'll still see the, a similar pecking order with the Brumbies and Waratahs fighting it out, and, and the Kiwi team is probably a step ahead. But um, I'd love to be to uh, to be a little bit wrong on that. Yeah, my fear is that Brumbies team. I reckon they've got the most to lose. And uh, acknowledging I'd only really picked up on the 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 tar draw this afternoon, but. You know, Pocock losing him even for another two or three game or two or three games as a season, isn't it? The 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 regular season that's massive for them. And and when you put to that, that Fardy looks tired. I mean, he he had a monster workload that um, English series, and I just he's looking tired to me. So um, Joe Tamani not quite back yet. Uh, yeah, I've got some concerns about them and whether they can go on it. They might be the one that's that's most significantly hit from this um, series. And I, I get a feeling the Tars seem to be sitting, you know, pretty well. Matt, do you feel like that? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a bit about the Brumbies. I mean, some um, something I heard sort of out of camp for the Wallabies is that the sort of analysis on the Brumbies is that they just overtrain. Um, yeah, right. And so, which I'm, I'm sure is out of a, you know, a great work ethic and everything else, but they've probably done too much work. So maybe what you thought you were seeing in some of their key players uh, wasn't mistaken, actually, that they're just bloody knackered. And then you throw in mm. that grinding three-test series, which must have been really, really tough. Um, 
that. Yeah, you can see that. But uh, look, um, yeah, look, I like the the Waratahs run in. It's not looking as crazy as for some reason we thought it was going to be. And mm. the fact that they've got the uh, soft soaper to come up with the fire puppies uh, to start off with is quite good. Um, I do have a concern there as well, though, with you know workload. I mean, you've got you know Phipps, Foley, and Hooper all played what every minute of that test series. Uh, and they must be absolutely cream crackered as well, I would have thought. So, well, I heard Phipps is going to get rested this game. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but I heard no. he's going to have a, have a break this game, yeah. Oh, well, that's a big worry for the Waratahs um, because I really haven't liked the form of... Uh, Lucas? Matty Lucas. Yeah, they got the Game of Thrones characters um, rolled into <laughs> one. Joffrey. Yeah, he's kind of Joffrey, but he's also sort of... Um, Impy, the dwarf guy, yeah, um, oh, yeah, the, the Tyrion Lannister in there as well. He is about five foot five, Matt Lucas. He's tiny. Yeah, but his nose is pretty askew. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, I, I've I, in the past I've loved his play, but I haven't so much this year, and I think Phipps is really important to him, even as even with all the hate Phipps has been getting from a lot of uh, Wallaby supporters. Um, so a bit of yeah, I have a bit of concern, but I have a yeah, I don't know, I have a I have a good feeling. I'm looking forward to seeing the Tars get back out on the field. I think they'll have a few hungry players there, like Will Skelton. Um, I like the idea of Naya Ravoro back on the wing. He worked really well for us actually last year. Um, a, a real pity, I should say, there about um, Zach Guilford. I always want to call him Zach, <clears throat> Zach Efron. Zach Guilford, um, yeah, uh, having to retire from what sounds like off-field issues slash demons that he hasn't been able to deal with. Um, well, he hasn't retired. He's just gone back to sorry, New Zealand. Yeah, he's left. Well, he's, mate, he's left the Waratahs. He's pretty much retired. As good as retired. <laughs> from, 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 from my vision of rugby, most people would say. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, look, yeah, I think they've, yeah, they've got a good run in there. But just looking at those things, I mean... As much as we've just kind of written off the force as we usually do, um, I, that that last force game, it's a little bit of a banana skin, isn't it? And I think the Reds is a bit of a banana skin as well for the Brumbies. Um, and, and, you know, the Blues away as well. So, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's all is possible, I think. Yeah, I, I tell you, talk about the impact of the, the test break and it's uh, the Reds, who obviously never in contention, but some interesting timings for them with squad uh, management. So uh, obviously Kane Douglas uh, missed the first part of the season and they brought in Benny Machuau to, to cover him and I think with uh, Kane back uh, training they let Benny Machuau go. His, his injury replacement contract was up. Um, so he's gone off back to North and I think he's getting himself ready for the ITM Cup over in New Zealand. Um, and, and then Rob Simmons goes down. So all of a sudden we're short locks again and Luke and Chewy and Isaac Roder have just come back from uh, the Junior World Cup. So they're going to have to man up as Douglas comes back from the bench. But then at the same time, Carmichael Hunt's really struggled with injury. We don't know. You know it's, there's no sort of certainty when he'll be back. But at the same time, uh, the Reds have let JJ Tualangi and, and um, I think even Sam Green possibly uh, go to Japan out of their contract early. JJ is definitely over there. So there's our two backup fullbacks and, and we'll talk about, about what that, that's left them for this weekend soon. But gosh, talk about uh, uh, poor timing and some of that player um, player management that's uh, left us quite short. Well, that's because, you know, you've lost Richard Graham, mate. You've got no one leading the, leading the ship. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about that. We talk about players. So that's that's the teams. And our last burning question before we get on to a couple of fun things is is which player has the most biggest point to prove uh, in these remaining Super Rugby rounds? Matt? 
Um, well, actually, I'm going to say Liam Gill. Um, yeah, well, I was going to say that going until you just reminded me that David Pocock would be back. But anyway, my thinking <laughs> in that was that whole fetcher role. And so, you know, let's say that it's still a bit of a question mark over Poey, whether he's back or not. Um, then I think, yeah, that whole Gill uh, bit, I th- yeah, he's desperately unlucky, I think, you know, that he would be in the squad and that, you know, McMahon, that we'd be paying both McMahon and Hooper um, in a back row together. I thought was just very interesting uh, to be missing any fetcher in that sort of mm. in that two combo. So um, yeah, I think he's still got a point to prove there that he's still out there. He's still ready for selection, come what may. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, Hugh, what about you? I actually think look, there's a few candidates here, and and guys that performed in the test series not as well as they would have liked, and there's a few of them, and guys that probably feel like they've got a chance of um, of breaking in. Um, I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna say I think the guy with the biggest point to prove is Nick Sturzacker. Um, ah, yep. Left out of the squad, um, you know, we've got some deficiencies at halfback, and and he's been um, much touted and to be um, to be excluded for the the second string Brumbies halfback um, has got to be a, a kick a kick in the proverbials for him. So um, well, he's got a whole. I, I think to he make might. <laughs> Pardon. He's got a whole season to make up for, in my opinion. <laughs> well. Well, yeah, but this is the thing. I mean, he's been lauded as the guy that's next in line, and I think many people would have penciled him in at the start of the season as as a bit of as a debutante for this year. But um, yep. you know, being left out of the squad, I think the idea was probably to give him a kick up the ass, and we might find out over the next couple of weeks if that's worked. Because, um, geez, I know I'd be spending the the those three weeks of the test season um, out working my ass off if I was him. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, who, whose wallaby form must have been pretty good at the training paddock is Joe Power, because he now finds himself the number one scrum half. He's starting this weekend versus the Reds with uh, Cabelli on the bench. Maybe Cabelli's just waking his, working his way back from test duty, but uh, Power gets his first start this year for the Brumbies. Mm-hmm. All right, good. I, I like this dichotomy we've got here, guys. We'll start with Joe, uh, Nick Sturzacker, who wasn't in the wallaby squad. You know, Matt, you've chosen Gilly, who was in the wallaby squad, but never got a run. And I'm going Summer Karevi, who, who obviously got a couple of tests there. And, and as I sort of said before, he's kind of my default answer to any questions about uh, individual players. Uh, <laughs> a bit of, bit of, bit of a favourite of mine. But I, I just think uh, he, he showed a fair bit those first two tests. Um, and then to, to get dropped, rotated, whatever, uh, for that third test, um, I think he'll he'll really take that Wallaby experience um, to heart and, and, and would have enjoyed it and, and wants to get it back. And, and I reckon he's got a bit of a point to prove that he's, uh, he's, he's more than what we saw in that Wallaby jersey. So hopefully that means good things for the Reds for the rest of the season. Yeah. Doesn't that 13 jersey look, look enticing? That battle with Tavita Kurandrani underperforming, you, yep. you dare say, and... and and Samu Karevi lurking as as well as Israel Falau. Wouldn't exactly. be surprised if 100%. back at 13 for the Tars and Dane Hallett Petty's proved himself more than worthy. Mm. He goes back to 15 for the Force. And, and you've got to think Michael Checker might be looking long and hard at that challenge. Tamani back for the Brumbies soon enough. So there, yeah, there's plenty of uh, options there, you know, let alone Ashley Cooper and the like as well. So Well, how it would change the, the, the dynamic if you suddenly we had a kicking fullback again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, that would totally that whole point we just made earlier on about how do you counter this game plan that's just going to pin us back in our half? Um, if he can be chewing off fifty meters with kicks, then it'd make a massive difference. Indeed, um, that's the end of our burning questions. We're going to do something a bit fun, a bit different now. 
Fun. Should we mention our sponsor, Matt? I mean, it's kind of relevant. We're about to do some player recruitment. Well, indeed. Uh, so we're sponsored by sportball.com as per usual. So if you're either looking to join a club anywhere in the world or if you're looking for players from pretty much anywhere in the world, almost at any level, then um, get onto sportball.com um, and go find your talent. But speaking of and talent, it's time exactly. for the Sweet Lids 15, is it not? It is. Talk us through it, Matt. This was your idea. Well, look, um, I don't know if anyone has seen, I think it's at least, it's an Instagram account, um, which is kind of posts fairly infrequently, and it's called Sweet Lids of Rugby. And it's basically the best haircuts. When I say best, I, don't, I kind of mean probably most outrageous haircuts um, in rugby, um, or, or should I say most offensive haircuts. It's a mix. Um, and uh, so should we just say most notorious haircuts uh, in international rugby? So what we thought we'd do is put together a Southern Hemisphere Sweet Lids of Rugby 15. Um, tonight we're going to start with the back line. Uh, then we'll get into the forward pack. Uh, we've, then we've got some other ideas about what we could do with that. We could, for example, put that up against a Sweet Lids of Rugby Northern 15 that maybe we could get the egg chasers to uh, choose for us. And or we could go on to put together our bald blokes, maybe the bullets, um, the bullet 15 um, that we could, you know, and, and decide who would win a match like that. So um, if you've got any challenges or suggestions, um, always looking for a bench um, or maybe even a bolter, um, then, then, then get it, get them into us. Love it. Love it. So you're going to lead us off, Matt. You got, you got the back three. Right. So I'm going to start with the back three. I'm going to start at fullback and it's going to be easy dag. So um, anyone who follows our Snapchat account will know um, I've got a bit of a... Um, well, I've been accused of just being obsessed with Israel Dagg's latest haircut. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on. I think it's sort of like a modern comb-over with something stuck on the front. It doesn't seem to be hair. I think it's a combination of some sort of glue syrup um, sort of thing that's right at the front there. And then he's got these bit wisps that he's sort of combing over and I thought maybe it was just me but there's a, I saw today on another website a picture of like the All Blacks um, sat down as a team and someone's giving his hair a ruffle um, one of the big forwards I think so they've obviously spotted it as well so anyway if you haven't spotted it yet have a good old look at Izzy um, also he's got this strange thing on his top lip um, it really doesn't, <laughs> it really does look like a caterpillar um, so he's definitely in there as, as my uh, sweet lid uh, 15 and then for the wings, I've got a one wing um, is going to be the, the badger, honey badger, Nick Cummins. Um, I think we almost forget. We just get we've just gotten used to those flowing locks. There's not many other Peter Frampton lookalikes uh, <laughs> running around out there other than the badger, um, and he rocks it so hard. So he's going to be on one wing. And then on the other wing, um, there's a bit of a comp here. I know these guys kind of uh, swap their hairs a little, their, their hair a little um, every now and again. Maybe you guys can help me decide. I'm tossing up between um, Tankeli Nayaravoro and then um, is it Wazaki Wazali um, Naholo Naholo with the rat's tails. I think they're both rocking the same sort of style, um, which I think we need on one of these two wings. Um, and look. Uh, it, who are you guys going to slot in there for me out of those two? Which is kind of most egregious in those two haircuts. The the, the rat's tail, mate. Nahalo's Nahalo's uh, efforts there. I think they're pretty they're pretty remarkable. Okay, right. Well then, okay. Wazali gets it. So there you go. Back three: Dag, Cummins, Nahalo. 
Nice, nice work, Matt. I like your selections. Um, look, I uh, I've got the centre combination, and and uh, I strongly considered a, another strong Kiwi combination there with Tano Munger and Ma'anonu, um, the two predators in the middle there. But I've got a little <laughs> bit more contemporary, and and I do like to push the Aussie cause, as you may have heard at the start of this uh, uh, this podcast. So I'm going to start at outside centre. I'm, I'm bringing a rookie into the team, and I'm going young Campbell Magne. Oh. Um, on the basis of that uh, Crusader uh, haircut he had, uh, which I think was his starting debut. No, it was his first game this season, in fact, where I think he got the late call up to play 13 for the Reds and went and got a haircut pre-match. And I don't know if he fell asleep or what, but whatever happened, it didn't quite go to plan and uh, ended up basically with a ginger mohawk, um, which, which was particularly stood out when they ended up having to tape his head. And I, it was just such a fantastic combination of headwear um, that he's he's a, he's a must for my um, uh, sweet lid uh, 13 jersey. Um, and, and 12, uh, I think it's a really modern-day must to have this man in here. And I'm going back to the World Cup last year and, and have gone with Matty Tamua and his, uh, his man bun. Oh, um, never have I seen one grace the rugby field, even down to suburban rugby levels. So, Matty, um, mate, I- I'd be pushing hard for him to be captain just on the basis of his man bound alone. Yeah, that was egregious. Absolutely. Thank you. So, yeah, I get the 9-10. And 10, th- there's a few. I didn't realise, so does this have to be current haircuts or can we go to can we go historic haircuts? Current oh. players, historic haircuts. Cause there's, yeah, yeah, go for it. Well, if there's, there's a couple. And- but if he's going to run out wearing just a normal, regular haircut... Like, it's not going to help, is it? Well, we, I didn't know this team had to play tomorrow. Uh, look, the, the, guy that, <laughs> the guy that I'm going to pick and I'm going to trust him to step up to the occasion, and we have to have him in a haircut 15, is James O'Connor. Um, oh, and we're going to pick him at 10. selected every position. <laughs> yeah, and, and the reason why is actually, if you look at some of his most egregious looks, we're in that line series where he was playing 10. Oh. So that, that was my justification, but... Geez, you, t- you Google image search James O'Connor and haircut, and man, you get some you get some looks come up. I tell you what. So, um, so what was he? What did he? Ha- what was he uh, had during the Lions? Because I can remember that when he had the cornrows and the sort of yeah, it's the cornrows that- in the middle with the shaved sides oh, and sort of gosh. something of a ponytail at the back, yeah, a little yeah, tuft yeah. of hair. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, didn't take off that one as much as we thought it would actually. But <laughs> um, he's not going to die. Don't wondering. see too many. He's not going to die wondering with the haircuts, is he? He's kind of there's not many things left unturned. Um, if he could go Afro, I think he would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's some shockers, even from his oh. northern hemisphere time. I'm looking at it now, and there's some real questionable, questionable lids on display. Mm. Um, so that's worth. Well, I'm sure we can throw a few photos up um, with the posts. I think it's probably only fair. In terms of halfback, uh, well, and actually, an honourable mention in terms of historic haircuts. I was gonna, I was gonna nominate the Quade Cooper frisbee roadkill look that he was rocking in about two thousand and ten, two thousand and nine. A couple of years um, earlier, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. I think the official name for that was the Swamp Rat. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That was a, that was a shocker. Um, for halfback, historically, I, I do have a current player, but um, historically, I thought the uh, the best the best one was um, oddly enough a bloke who we don't speak about much on the podcast, um, Matt Henjack. Um, oh. if you recall, had, um, quite, quite a, um, yeah, no, I have, I have researched this, um, a little bit and look it up. Matt Henjack, he had this weird sort of, um, 
he had the skunk gold bleach skunk yeah. look thing that he had going. Yeah, it's it's it wasn't a good look at all. The guy I'm going to say though, and, and and not in terms of stylistically, I just love, uh, you know, I love a I love someone approaching a, a mullet and, and a long flowing locks, and you don't see it in too many halfbacks. And if anyone watched the South African Island series, oh, um, Faf nice. de Klerk, yes. the, the Springbok halfback, um, he has a really thick mane of hair. Um, golden blonde locks, and um, it's it's really something. And I think we'll see a bit more of him towards the rugby championship. But um, he is a player to watch. So he he'll he'll fifteen. Oh, I love it! I love it! Well done, lads. Look, I, I guess we're after a bit of input from uh, our listeners. So hit us up uh, on the blog. Facebook with any of your suggestions of any other back candidates that you think uh, we've overlooked, or give us a bit of help to us, help us do our homework for the for the pack um, when we discuss that next week as well. Good one. Um, so good one, gags like that one. Um, well, let's get on to the games, guys. So we have a quick look at what's happening this weekend, um, and and we'll we'll fly over the uh, the non-Aussie games. First game of the round being Chiefs Crusaders, or we should say that'll be an absolute cracker. Uh, first game uh, on uh, Friday afternoon. Um, but let's follow that up is uh, the first Aussie game of the uh, the second half of the season, and that's the uh, the Brumbies facing the Reds. Some interesting team news there. Um, like I said, Joey Powell is starting for the Brumbies there, but the rest of the team is pretty much as expected. Um, the replacement for Dave Pocock, Jared Butler, is going to move to uh, open side with Ben Hine, who has actually played lock um, uh, second row for Brisbane City in the NRC last year. He's a brother's boy. He's going to play a number eight. He's been down in Canberra training this year and has been playing bloody well in club footy, so he'll, he'll get his uh, Super Rugby debut at number eight against some of his own teammates. Now, the Reds are changes aplenty, so... Um, Luke and Chewy, just back from the uh, Junior World Cup, the big lock is going to be partnering Caden Neville in the second row with uh, Kane Douglas set to return from the bench. Um, Leroy Houston's also on the bench, so Curtis Browning held his number eight spot. Um, but also the Tongan Thor, Taniela Tupo, is uh, is also on the bench. So he'll potentially make his Super Rugby debut as well sometime in that second half, um, you would imagine. Uh, the back line is much the cha- same. Anthony Fainga's out, so um, uh, Henry Tiafu, who played that first match of the season, is back in at 12. Chris Kurandrani's back on the wing with Fawaya Sortia injured. But the, 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 the out-of-nowhere selection is, with Carmichael Hunt gone, uh, still injured, is Jack Tuttle, not James Tuttle. Jack Tuttle at fullback. So Jack is James Tuttle, the, the under-20s halfback's older brother, uh, only a, a year or so older. So Jack was a bit of a schoolboy superstar. Uh, had a, a year or so with the Broncos, under-20s, came back. He's been playing club footy for Norths this year um, and, and doing very well, might I add. But uh, wasn't even the Red Squad as far as I knew. We haven't sighted him. He didn't play any NRC last year, I don't believe. Um, he's had a few injuries, but that one is completely out of the blue. So a lot of people on the forum exact, actually thought... Um, it was it was James, but just a, a typo in the uh, in the team sheet. But uh, Jack Tuttle will be playing with his brother James on uh, tomorrow night for the Brumbies, uh, for the Reds against the Brumbies. So Matt, considering all that, um, the Brumbies still look a pretty good unit. Yeah, I think they'll be too strong for the Reds. Yeah, I mean you're looking at the odds. I think it's one dollar fourteen against five seventy five. Uh, that's a pretty big spread, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. It's huge, and, and I still doesn't enough to convince me to put any money on the Reds. 
So there you go. Well, let's hope they can put a, a banana skin out there, but it's going to be, yeah, it's down at home for the Brumbies. You, you've, it'd be very hard to bet against them. Yeah, that, that Wallaby combinations there for the Brumbies, too strong, do you think, Hugh? Yeah, it looks like the Reds have entered full rebuilding mode um, in terms of blooding those players and letting those guys go to Japan. By the sounds of it, the interesting point, I think all eyes will be on Kane Douglas off the bench because um, if he can start to, to look half decent, then it certainly helps our blood as low chances, you'd think. Yeah, and also Leroy, I think, as a, as a big bopper. We'll see what impact he makes. So plenty to watch there as uh, for Aussie rugby fans. So the next day, Saturday, um, 3.15 in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time, or East Coast Elite Time, as I like to call it, um, the Sunwolves host the Waratahs. So no teams, I don't think, yet I've seen yet, guys, but I have heard the talk that that Phipps will be rested, and as I say, Lucas likely to start. So, despite that, Hugh, you're still confident of a, a Waratahs win? Yeah, yeah. The um, A few Sunwolves players would have been on international duty with Japan, so I, I don't think um, they're facing too dissimilar issues to what the Waratahs were. And with Takeli Nayaravoro now in the fold and, and um, you know, a, a few guys in that forward pack that still have... You know, add to the list of thing people with things to prove. Um, you can throw, you know, Dean Mum in that, and Will Skelton probably too, and Cliff Parlow and a few others. So, look, uh, the um, the Sunwolves have been hot and cold. The Force put forty on them, but the uh, they almost rolled the Stormers. So they can be really hard to read. But uh, I think the Waratahs should have too much class. Yeah, I actually think I think Parlow might be another name of the another player who might be out injured, but that'll be confirmed soon enough. Matt. Um, they still should be too good for the for the uh, the Sunwolves. Mate, eleven dollars plays one dollar oh four. I think. Really? Yeah. There you go. Wow. Put your house on it. Jeez, were these? Yeah, that's. I'd have a couple of dollars on the Sunwolves. There, eleven dollars. Like start at least. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's what it's, yeah, that's what it's running at. All right, nice. All right, uh, next match that day is 5.30 that afternoon. The Hurricanes host the Blues before the Rebels uh, take on the Stormers. And again, uh, we don't have any teams, no real indication. Maybe Mike Harris and Laurie Weeks might be back from injury, but the Stormers are sitting uh, second top of their conference behind the lines. Uh, I do want to make note that Amy Perrett... um, will become, I think, the first female match official in Super Rugby, which runs aside the assistant referee in this game. So congratulations, Amy. That's a, a great achievement. But, uh, uh, Matt, do you think uh, the Rebels are any chance against the Stormers? Yeah, well, look at home. Why not? Um, on the million dollars of, of new turf at um, Amy Park. Um, <laughs> who knows what it could, do, what they could do. I mean, I tell you what they'd be doing. Australian, they could be doing Australian rugby a massive favour if they could do that. I mean, I think uh, the Waratahs only just behind the Stormers on the ladder. So, um, yeah, that could make a, a massive difference if they could could knock them off. Indeed. What about you, Hugh? Do you give them any hope? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on then. Um, next game of the round um, is another Aussie game. So later that night, the, uh, the Cheetahs... So this is about 11 o'clock Eastern... Standard time, um, the Cheetahs host the Force. Um, 
uh, good news for the force is that John O'Lance is back. He's at least touring, which you'd imagine would mean he'd be back starting. Um, but uh, they've still got a few challenges, uh, a few injuries in the front row in particular. So um, uh, where, where are the cheaters standing at the moment? So they're sort of mid-table uh, in the South African conference, but they seem to be doing a lot better than the force are doing. So can we expect a, uh, a, another South African win here, Matt? Yes. Yep. Hugh? Yes. And you guys being such, being so complimentary, you've got to be... <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I've been a bit harsh. I mean, the Rebels probably do have a chance against the Storm. I, I'm, I, I don't know, I need to see it to believe it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back down on the Rebels. I'm, I'm, I'm um, back off them. So, prove me wrong, Rebels. But um, on the Force, it's the same. I've been off the Force all season. I'm not going to jump back on now. They're, they're going to lose this game. But... Um, Hopefully, a renewed Adam Coleman and Dane Howlett Petty can can bring a bit of a uh, bit of zest into that team and hopefully lift lift the others to, to produce a result. And I think the interim force coach David Vessels. This is actually a home game for him. This is his where he grew up, where he went to school, at least. So uh, let's see if he can bring any local knowledge to uh, a force very much upset victory. Um, the last remaining games are. Of no interest to Australian rugby fans, uh, quite specifically Lions versus Sharks. The Kings host the Highlanders and your Haguars host the Bulls. Um, they're all on Sunday morning our time. The Haguars Bulls is on at a delightful 7.40 in the morning on Sunday morning. So that might be a good thing oh. uh, to watch uh, in, in, in front of a bit of brekkie. So uh, good timing there. Yeah. So good to get back into it with Super Rugby. Look, I wanted to touch on a bit of news. Um, the NRC draw for 2016 has been announced and and uh, is on our website for those of you interested. Um, it's a shorter season this year, seven preliminary rounds with the uh, Sydney Stars dropping out, um, just the seven rounds and then on to the finals. But uh, Fox Sports will be broadcasting two games a weekend Uh on Fox Sports. Uh, all games are pretty much on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, except for one Friday nighter. Um, so they'll be broadcasting two games, one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday at 3pm, and then live streaming the other two via their app on Apple iTunes or whatever like that. So, um, But check out our website. So pretty excited about the NRC, and I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that uh, coming up soon. Uh, Hugh, have you had any chance to look at that draw? I haven't, no. And I, I, but the, the two games on the weekend is a fantastic initiative. It's a fantastic kick um, for the comp because, you know, the Thursday night, as much as you know, it was great having some presence, it wasn't an ideal time. And, and having those weekend, those weekend games, I think, suit a lot more people and hopefully expose it to a lot more eyeballs. So it can only be a good thing and um, good to see some growth in the comp. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Matt, and we're going to be looking to cover it pretty extensively once again on the website. We are uh, looking for people to stick their hands up. We've always had like a really good response from people um, to do a big community effort and uh, cover a team, you know, give us some uh, match reports. Uh, and so, yeah, anyone who's interested, stick your hand up. Uh, I think there's in the uh, article you put together there, Reg, that had the whole draw, um, there's a link there where you can get in contact yep. with us. Or you can leave uh, just a message at the bottom of this article or you can tweet us or facebook us whatever and uh put your hand up good stuff uh the only other thing i wanted to mention unless you guys have anything more is the uh, uh the australian uh, women's championships finished last weekend sydney taking out the title over the, the act and the wallaroos squad will be announced um probably tomorrow i think it is so i'll uh, keep an eye on 
for that. So uh, lots happening in Australian rugby. Anything else, guys? Anything else you want to touch on before we finish up shop? Oh, just to remind... Um, oh, go you on. go, Matt. Well, is, is, this, is this your sponsor update? <laughs> um, <laughs> look, um, it could be related, actually. I'll start with the news. I mean, we got... The, the last um, spot in the Olympic Sevens was filled yep. um, by Spain in quite the upset, knocking off Samoa, um, who recently, I think, took out the London Sevens. Mm. Um, as a tournament in Spain, have uh, uh, got kicked off the tour a few years ago for not being good enough. So they got up and, and beat, um, I think, Ireland and Germany as well, who, who were both good sides. So Japan missed out as well. So we've got the 12 in an Australia's pool for the... Um, Olympics has South Africa, France, and I think Portugal. Um, so it's a 12-team so, comp, so it's a bit of a left-field one, so I'm not sure yeah. how that all shakes out, but, um, yeah. Yeah, so the men have got Fiji, uh, sorry, where is us? South Africa, France, and Spain in our pool, and the women have got uh, USA, Fiji, and Colombia. Oh, South Africa's a bit harsh to have in your pool, isn't it? Yeah, but it actually works at okay because if we we'll still go through as number two, mm-hmm. we might face Great Britain. Um, yeah, if it all goes and, and just... we can still even go through as number three yeah, in this yeah. comp. So it's 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 a little bit, um, yeah, it's a little bit um, weird this one. So I think there's going to be a lot of head scratching around the time of the comp. But I mean, we can just take it all out of the equation and, and win every game um, exactly. and uh, get that gold medal. Okay. Look, exactly. my only announcement was going to be, I've checked, no new um, uh, <gasps> kind of reviews on iTunes. So, um, you know, come up with something witty. I love the funny ones. Get it in there and it, 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 we'll get it read. Uh, but um, I, I kind of checked and we're on their home turf. We're a fair way behind the egg chasers. So come on, guys. We need to man up. Um, get in there with some uh, with some reviews on iTunes for us. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, remember to uh, subscribe. Good stuff. Excellent show, guys. Uh, good to be back. Super rugby focused. Three more rounds to go, I think, before we hit the finals and then uh, the rugby championship after that. So plenty more rugby ahead of us. Thanks for joining us and get out there, support the rugby this weekend, and we'll speak to you soon.